Welcome back to the Short Attention Span Bible. I'm your host, Jason. Just a quick explanation of the show, as we always do. You don't have to be religious or Christian to listen. I'm not here to preach or to convert anyone. I'm just explaining what the words in the book say in what is hopefully an easy-to-digest manner. The show sounds preachy at times. It is the Bible. It's probably going to sound preachy sometimes. So let's dive into the fifth and final chapter of the book of James. If you want to read the book for yourself, I think James is a great place to start. It's super short. It's about two pages long. Okay, so in the fifth and final chapter, James begins by calling on the wealthy to examine themselves. That's really a nice way to put it, to be honest. He tells them to weep and howl for the miseries that shall come upon them because their riches are corrupted and their garments are moth-eaten, meaning their money is dirty. He says, your gold is tarnished with rust, and the treasure you have heaped together for the last days will serve as a witness against you. The cries of the people who have worked your fields, who you have cheated of fair pay, their cries have entered the ears of the Lord. Now, it sounds like he's coming down really hard on the quote-unquote wealthy here, but then as we'll see in the next section, he basically calls on the poor and the downtrodden to not really do anything about it and just have patience and faith that the Lord will judge accordingly. Anyways, so James continues, you have lived a life of self-indulgence and luxury and have fattened yourself for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who did not resist or oppose you. He's saying that the wealthy, that the business owners essentially have killed people. And, you know, you might argue, well, hey, I haven't killed anyone. When people work without health care insurance or a living wage, they are in a sense, and sometimes in a very real sense, being killed. When you keep people at 35 hours a week, so they're not full-time, and they don't have health insurance, and they can't go see a doctor, they can't send their children to go see a doctor, people have barely enough money to keep a roof over their head, and they're working what should be a full-time job, people get sick. Sometimes, sometimes people die. That's real. That's real life. A lot of times, people don't think about the the real-world effects and the real-world impacts that their business decisions have on the people that perform the work, that make their businesses viable, that essentially bring in the money that the business makes by performing the task or creating the goods or providing the services that the business is known for. And those people oftentimes are left to struggle to varying degrees. Sometimes the degree of their suffering is really, it's pitiful. That's what James is going on about in this first section of the final chapter. But he goes on to say to the working class, essentially, to the poor, be patient until the Lord's coming as the farmer who waits for the land to yield its crop. Be patient because the Lord's coming is near. They say that a lot. You hear that a lot, but nobody knows when the Lord is coming, although that could refer to essentially justice 
judgment, stepping outside of Christianity a little bit, but not necessarily karma. Basically, be patient. People will get what is coming to them. That's what the book says. My life experience says, hmm, that doesn't always seem to be the case. But the book would then say, it happens in its time or in God's time. It doesn't happen in your time or when you want it to or when you expect it to or when you would like it to. Okay. So he goes on to say, don't hold grudges against one another or you will be judged. Look to the prophets of God as an example of suffering and patience. Those who endure great suffering are honored and blessed. The Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Above all, he says, do not swear by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is yes or no. Let your word be your bond or else be condemned. Okay, your word is sacred. When you say something, that should be enough. That should be it. He's saying you should never have to say, oh, I swear to God. Oh, I swear on my mother. Oh, I swear. That's all unnecessary and according to the book is actually sinful. Because your word should be so sacred and so imbued with a sense of power and trust that to have to invoke anything beyond just your word suggests that your word isn't really worth anything. You've got to rope something else. You've got to rope God. Oh, I swear to God. You've got to rope your mother into this. You've got to rope. You've got to pull these other things when, in fact, the words that come out of your mouth should be enough. He continues to say, if you are dealing with hardships, pray. If you are happy and doing well, sing psalms or praises. If you are sick, Call to the elders of the church and let them pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And if you have committed sins, they will be forgiven. Let me pause here to add a disclaimer. The proceeding was not intended as medical advice. Go see a doctor if you're sick, if you can, if you have health insurance. We're in the land of you figure it out, good luck, your health is your problem, hope it all works out for you. But this is saying, I guess especially that would apply if you're in that sort of a position. Have faith in God. He continues to say, confess your faults to one another and pray for each other, so you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Now, I will tell you, as someone who throughout my life has gone through various spiritual phases, including, at times, agnosticism, and even, even periods of, I thought I was atheist, I thought I just didn't believe in anything, but I would say most of the time, I just felt like the only thing I knew was that I didn't know, which is pretty much agnosticism. Anyways, during some of these phases, even then, even during my times of disbelief, I could not deny that when someone who was devoted said they would pray for me and did, it worked. I was helped or whatever they prayed for came to pass. During times where my faith was stronger, during times where I was more devoted and I prayed, oftentimes those things would come to pass. 
So there's a lot that can't be explained. And even even if you're a scientist, you should be aware of the fact that the bubble that is all of human knowledge of the world is ever growing, is ever expanding. And there's so much we don't know. And once you get close to those outer edges of human understanding and understanding what we as a species do know and do understand and what we don't, you begin to realize that actually our bubble of all human understanding is pretty small. And there is, there's a lot left to be discovered and there's so much left to be understood. So anyway, continuing on the theme of the effectiveness of an earnest prayer in James chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Elias, or in other translations, it says Elijah. I don't know if those are two translations of the same name. I suspect. Anyways, it says that he was as human as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on earth for three and a half years, according to this book. And he prayed again, and the heavens brought forth rain, and the earth produced its crops. So, in concluding the book of James, he says, If someone strays from the truth of God's law, whoever brings that person back from their sinful ways will save that person from death, will save that person's soul from death, and will bring about the forgiveness of many sins. That's it. That's the end of the book of James. I've really enjoyed doing this series of shows on this book. I think it's a wonderful book. Again, whether you're religious, whether you're Christian or not, I think he makes a lot of great points. He doles out a lot of good advice, a lot of food for thought. Anyway, this has been the Short Attention Span Bible. I've been your host, Jason. We'll see you next time. If you've enjoyed the show, please click like or subscribe. Feel free to leave comments below. Tell a friend about the show. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.